Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel 30 Questions. It's time for Moon Knight 30 Questions, show where each week we ask 30 questions about the new Marvel Disney Plus show, Moon Knight. I am Adam Portress. Joining me today, you'll never catch him near a boat. Sweet Sean Zakovacs from the internet. That's not true. You're a liar. <laughs> and it doesn't matter that there's one on this show. He's still pissed that there's no Hungry Hungry Hippos movie. Bruce Lesson. Oh, man, that is a game that is rife. Oh. Is rife the right term? Rife. It's just ready. Just ready to be a mega hit. All the kids are clamoring for it. Why don't they just give it to us? Oh, man, there's one, there's one really way out. Four, four hippos eating spheres can save the world. That's your there's, there's one hippo in the corner, super depressed. He's like, you know, truth be told, I've never been all that hungry, hungry. <laughs> it's about the one vegan hippo trying to fit in with his three brothers. There you go. Just send your uh, checks to uh, marvel30q at gmail.com. I, that's how they send checks, isn't it? You can tell I don't have yep, a lot of money. You, you just fax, fax <laughs> me a check to my email address. <laughs> well, we got 30 questions. Season 1, Episode 5 of Moon Knight, entitled Asylum. Let's get it going, boys. Since this episode now answers more questions than we've gotten in the five subsequent episodes, how, if at all, has it affected your enjoyment of the show? Go ahead, Bruce. Loving it, Sean. Go ahead, Bruce. You go first. Oh, boy. So it's gone a place I entirely expected this show to go from the beginning, but it took a little bit longer to get there than I thought it would. So I had thought maybe they actually weren't going to get there. So when they did get there, it kind of annoyed me a little bit. So it's like, if you want this kind of thing, I think you wanted it sooner. If you didn't want this kind of thing, you don't want it at all. So it's, it's probably, uh, adversely affected my enjoyment to a degree Hmm. Uh, for me it's just uh i I don't know i'm still kind of on the same keel as i've always kind of been none of this stuff ever bothers me uh so water off a duck's back for me so i'll pass it on to sean who i'm guessing loved every second well since we're staying positive (laughs) we're staying positive Hmm. there are aspects to this episode that i thought were, were were pretty good um, I did not. Uh, uh, I did not expect to like um, both characters equally when the show started. I thought I would have a favorite, but I, I, I end up at the end of this episode liking both the Stephen personality and the Mark personality equally the same. And this this episode has done that. Um, so that that part that is that is the positive that I can take away from this episode. Um, as as anyone who has listened to any of our shows before knows, Lord, do I hate a dream episode. And I knew that it was coming because it had to with this with this character. Yeah. And, you know, like and in, in, in fighting in the astral plane or wherever they are, like I knew that that was going to have to happen with this character because it's part of the essence of Moon Knight. But if this were a comic book, I would not have picked up this issue. I would say all the episodes that came before this one may have been the dream episodes, and this might be the first real one. But you see, Bruce, you see what you just did there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's why I've always been a little uncomfortable with the character and always wondered how well it would translate to mainstream because you never can get your, your feet set on any dry land when you're reading Moon Knight. You are right. That's like, look at you. You're like a poet over here. Question two. How bummed do you think I was when I missed the 30 questions episode that coincided with the psychiatric hospital reveal? Because I wouldn't shut up about that for three episodes. Then episode four, when it happens that I'm not on the show. Well, I did. I did mention it on last week's episode that you, you basically nailed it. You nailed two things from basically episode one of the show. Um, and, and it was it was surprising that it all happened at the same time. And it was, uh, it, it was one of those things where I was like, man, Bruce was just spot on with that. Um, I, I but I did say, um, uh, something about, I made a joke about the, the Egyptian hippo. Like he didn't guess the Egyptian hippo. Yeah, I did not guess like that. that. One. You're right. <laughs> not, not, not one that got a lot of people's uh, bingo card lighting up there. That one. Number three. Bruce, right at the top of the episode, Mark says to Ethan Hawke's character, you're not a real doctor. And his reaction is kind of amazing. Like Ethan Hawke is a very good actor. Just his reaction to when Mark says that to him. Has anyone ever said that to you? No, but I have heard people say that children are not just little adults, but pediatricians are just little doctors. So take- <laughs> wow. Woo-hoo-hoo. 
you wow. can gauntlet thrown down. You, know, you know that that is a joke that goes around between actual medical professionals who deeply hate other medical professionals. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know what this this punk does, but you but hey, at least he's not a chiropractor, right? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, boy, boy, do actual medical people look at those guys? I'm like, oh, whoa, I, it's a strip mall, eh? If I were a betting man, I would have bet that no one would have ever have said that to you. Quite honestly. I bet somebody said that to Dr. Dan Do, though. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was me. That's stinky so-and-so. You're right. (laughs) If indeed that is your real name, sir. Boy, that is a deep cut, Dr. Dan Do. (laughs) A couple people are very confused, and a couple other are like, yeah, I know this stuff. Uh, This next one comes to us from Marta. Marta writes, don't you think that Stephen's knowledge about ancient history is way too exaggerated? I know he's a bookworm, but his knowledge of ancient languages is overwhelming, and he seems to know an awful lot about everything. Surely someone like that would have no problems finding a better job than just a sales assistant in a souvenir shop. That's from uh, Marta from Scotland. I love it that you asked this question, Marta, because I thought the exact same thing. I thought, this guy just sells paperweights, and we're supposed to accept that he's an archaeologist all of a sudden. So thank you for asking that, Marta, because I 100% am with you on that. And I think this just shows how much of it all is delusional. Yes, but at the same time, too, uh, it's... I think the other personalities were always uh, making sure specifically Stephen was limited into the things that he does. Now, clearly, uh, some we'll talk about it later. Other characters have kind of you know done some stuff while they weren't looking. Uh, but ultimately, it was about keeping Stephen kind of locked down in this place so he couldn't go anywhere. So it's kind of, uh, in a way, was not in his programming. To he knows this stuff because he needed that to have that leverage back to her. And just right? still have to like study it at a university or something. You don't just pick it up and hang it out in the museum selling paperweights. You do if you're really good at it. You know, good with hunting <laughs> that's how, style. That's how, yeah, that's how many of the best physicians I ever knew started out just working in the hospital gift shop and picking things up. <laughs> you, come on, you're telling me like on busy days you guys don't take a flyer? Quick, get Martha down at the gift shop. We got to get this appendix out. <laughs> We, I have a, I have a very smart, very fancy pants friend who works at the Smithsonian and she has been a historian for 40 years and she's one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. However, because she works at the Smithsonian doesn't mean she knows everything about what's in the Smithsonian. So I learned that lesson the hard way very early on when she got her dream job there, I would ask her questions about the space and aeronautical museum which is not her forte. So after the second question I had about that, she literally had to stop me and say, Sean, I don't know. I don't have any idea what happens over there. That is not my field of expertise. So you can ask me and my answer is always going to be the same. It's, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Number five. Number five, so given the universal love and adoration for the Madagascar film franchise, (laughs) should Disney have gotten Jada Pinkett Smith to voice the hippo? And at the height of everything that that, that she, yes. (laughs) Of course, of course. Yeah. All I'm thinking is this. You. Here he comes. Little Moto Moto action. Yeah. Like a big and chunky. (laughs) Yeah. So why not? Why not? It's but no, thank thank heavens. No, I I don't like any of those Madagascar movies. I don't think actually. No, I take that back. I do like that penguins of Madagascar. That one was actually pretty good. The penguins are the bright spot of all all of those movies. Their solo movie. It is dumb as crap. But boy, are there a lot of good ever be another Madagascar movie? Because I can't see Chris Rock and Jada Pinkett Smith working on a film together. You don't have to be in the same room together, you know. That's, what are you talking about? They have aren't those all actually filmed on location? <laughs> it's all it's, it's all mocap. Yeah. <laughs> Number six. In Ethan Hawke's office, none of the books or papers have any writing on them. Is this all still in Mark's head? Yeah, and uh, they're all very specific, uh, or not very not very specific. It's very general. It's like you don't see a signature that's by his, by the uh, by the name on the diploma. You don't really know what it's about. All of the other things are just kind of uh, happen now, places. So it is his mind, kind of like that episode of Batman it, the Animated Series where he can't read or something. Is it at all possible we're just reading too much into it, and this was just the work of some lazy set dressers? Nope. This is very specific. Okay. You can just tell. 
Like like I said, there's certain things because when you look at other sets, when you look at Mark's apartment, the uh, the insane asylum, and then no, yeah. there's no way that that same crew tell you, screws that up. And I would that. never be. One reason I'd probably never be hired to do a job like that is I wouldn't think you'd need any words on the books. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw them all up there. Use the same books on every scene. The well, there was a time when you didn't. You didn't need to worry about what the book said on them, on the spines. You didn't have to worry about any of that back stuff. when our resolution was like 360. Yeah, you right. look back and like some of the books, if you ever see any of the fake ones and stuff, it's just like all gobbledygook letters and stuff like that. And it's just like oh, that that's Ipsum so cool. Lorem. What do they call that? Ipsum Lorem, whatever. Ipsum Lorem. Yeah. yeah. Fakey McFakerson. Uh, what are we on here? Seven? Seven. Seven. Mark's, Mark's and Steven's hearts are on, on the scales, just seesawed back and forth continuously, just like on Harrow's tattoo. Does that mean that Harrow and Amit are right about killing people for their future evil deeds? That comes from Big Dave movies. <laughs> Dave, I got to tell you, I am not a Calvinist. I do not believe in predestination, so I never want to kill people for future evil deeds. But I'll watch them like a hawk. Yeah, I think you, you got to get to it on that one, especially if it's like unconfirmed future stuff or something. Hey, I've seen Minority Report. Yeah. I know how this goes. You can't you can't follow blindly. Yeah, you just you got to pick up a bald chick and run around a little bit. That works. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a Terminator Two man myself. No predestination. Yeah, and I just like lowering myself into a giant molten uh, lava. With the thumbs up. Yeah, just to let Is that you the know. The first time we've ever mentioned Calvinism on the show. It might be. On this specific show, a, a, a running gag from now on. I th- if I'm not mistaken, I think Dave Dave actually has like a background in some sort of theological thing. If I if I'm not mistaken, well, so, I thought like, you were going to say it was a Calvinist. I don't know if it's Calvinist. That's why that's why I I, I curbed it in religion. <laughs> well, if he's a religious man, he's more of a Saint Thomas Aquinas follower. Oh, God bless you. Uh, number eight. <laughs> Last week, you guys discussed the opening sequence of Indiana Jones 3. Did you feel psychic when this episode kind of had its own version of that down in the watery uh, uh, cave with the with the bird skeleton laying on the ground? It's not too awful much. Yeah, I, 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 I see where you're going with it. I, I like it. I, I like that kind of comparison. I like the idea. I saw somebody that had a great uh, theory on this. Of that, like, Conchu himself, we don't really necessarily, he doesn't necessarily look like that bird thing right off the top, but by him kind of stepping on that little skeleton uh, bird before they head into the uh, the little layer there and everything may have actually kind of projected that image up to, and, like, that's kind of what he sees as... as uh, What's it? Con- what's the, or what's or is uh, another argument I've seen is that maybe Conchu caused all that to happen, and that was his calling card? Well, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of like, you know, Conchu's kind of been planning this thing for the entire time. And then like, you know, just as his last moment of weakness, then, you know, finally calls him out to try to, you know, get him back on his side. But he even says it. He goes like, oh, your personality or whatever. And basically just alluding to the fact that this guy's messed up. I can probably take advantage of him. True enough. Uh, you know, I I, the, I know that it's foreshadowing. Um him stepping on those bird bones. Did that feel super heavy handed to you guys? No, to me, I thought I, I I'm of the opinion. I've always been of the opinion with modern moon Knight that there is no such thing as Conchu, that it's all a delusion. And oh, it wow. just so happens that when he saw that random skeleton there that informed his delusion. Yeah. Oh, because wow. you know, that cave is like being in a tomb. He yeah. nearly died, but something saved him. Like, like he never was in Egypt in a tomb and saw Conchu. That event in his childhood is what formed the delusion of being in a tomb and seeing Conchu. Yeah, Adam, That's that is I the remember. way Adam, that is the way a cave is supposed to look. When no. those two boys went into that cave, that looked like a cave. That's too much detail. Let's let's be honest. The eye only puts in, and Bruce, you know this. We only calculate kind of exactly what we need to in that present moment and stuff. So, like the rest of this, you know, you don't have to be too detailed, really. Not all the time. What we're speaking to is last week when Japanese Spider-Man goes into the oh, cave. Okay, it's, it was great it's just gray sheets hanging up over the actor's head. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I didn't get that reference. Basically, it's the same thing here. Not it's amazing. <laughs> Number nine. Are you surprised by the fact that Mark and Stephen get along so well? Because I know if there were two Adams, they would tear each other apart. 
here's what I'm feeling when I see Mark and Steven, when they're in the same body, it's like siblings when they're living in the same house, mm-hmm. they can't stand each other. But then once one or both siblings move out of the house, suddenly they like become best friends. You have two daughters. So I think you can understand what I'm talking about here. Yes, for sure. And I think once Mark and Steven didn't have to uh, fight over possession of the body, suddenly they started getting along like brothers. Okay. So <laughs> here's the thing uh-huh. now. You're not entirely wrong, but here's here's the scenario. Like if I met if I met somebody that like my exact clone, mm-hmm. like I I th- I'm fairly certain that we would get we would get along. Like that one would be fine. Now, if I was in this situation and like another version of me showed up and was doing a cockney accent, we we <laughs> would, would do it for you. We would ha- we would start to have problems. It would it would just be like a all right. You can cut that out now. It's like oh I'm not cutting it out. Am I? I'm not doing nothing wrong. You fine. And it like going no. That's it's going to be terrible. You can't would do it, that. I would I would. Would have, it be better if it was a French accent? No, it's like I would. Okay, eventually you'd have to do a couple of things to just kind of show that you're trustworthy and stuff. And like once if he did those things, I'd let him kind of go along with the, you know, the shenanigans or whatever. But I'd have to, there'd have to be a test in one of those kind of like, do you think the way that I think kind of things? Cause I, I've always thought that if I could just, you know, uh, you know, double myself up, you know, we could attack a problem at 200% uh, you know, speed or whatever. <laughs> But yeah, if it's but if he's but if he's different and he's trying to be like ah like you know if he's like Mark or yeah if he's like the Mark character no no thank you yeah I'd probably fight that guy though. There's no way I'd want to hang out with myself if I didn't have to. <laughs> I, I I have a very weird uh, correlation to this. There is a guy that I worked with forever who he and I would be mistaken for each other literally constantly. Only he was slightly more successful than me and slightly better looking than me. And oh, so that people, hurts. That's people the wrong would, side of that equation to be on. People would constantly be disappointed when they uh, thought that, that oh, I was no. the other guy. Oh, no. Yeah, it, it was not awesome, but we got along great. Greg, oh, shucks. Well, his name was Pete. <laughs> and people would be like, people would be like, Pete. And then I turn around and they go, oh, hey. There's that uh, good old pistol, Pete. We can't wait. We've been talking about you all week. Oh, jeez. What a rip. Uh, number 10. Uh, this one comes to us from Marty. Marty writes, hey, guys, love the show. I haven't been sending qu- uh, any questions, as everyone else has been sending in much better questions than I could ever think of. But please, please tell me, if, if not only uh, me, who thinks this psychiatrist, Ethan Hawke, is modeling himself on Stan Lee? I'd give anything for him to look to the camera at the end of the season and say, enough said, true believers, excelsior. Take it easy, guys, and thanks for the great show. That's from Marty. I think it's all about the glasses, man. It's all about the glasses there. The glasses, the mustache, the the uh, slick back hair kind of thing and everything. Uh, I will say this. Once I saw this question from Marty, I kind of looked around. He's not the only one thinking this. This is like, it is a very, it's, it's the style of glasses. I think that really kind of gives it away. The style of glasses plus the mustache. I listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against it. I never thought of that before because Ethan Hawke is such a good looking man. And Stanley, like there's something like, what are you talking um, about? I'm an Adonis. There's there's something very like sleazy New York seventies about him. <laughs> haven't, haven't we always been holding out for like Mark Marin to be the perfect Stanley? Man, he really would be the it, perfect Stanley if if he would do it. It it could it could actually be really good. I think. Number eleven, Bruce. This question comes to us from Secular Man Matthew Vandiver. And it asks, does Mark Steven slash Moon Knight have the most emotionally taxing backstory of the MCU so far? That's a big yes for me. I I don't know any other way to put it. It's hard to compete with this. I mean, when your little brother dies and then your mother, you know, (laughs) hates you so much that you develop another (laughs) personality to try to appease her and everything like, yeah, that's that's not great. This could be the follow-up to a silent voice. She's yeah. There's a lot of there's kind of <laughs> it felt a little parallelish to me this year uh, this week. There's a I mean you know I mean I, I would say that Wanda her backstory is pretty rough also with the yeah, bomb and the 
dead brother and she made an entire town follow her around because yeah. mind control and just tried uh, like the, the suffering that she's doing, just going through the loss of, of, of a loved one and then bringing everyone else in on that pain. Eh, that's certainly no good. Yeah. But it's taxing, man. It is taxing. I don't feel like we had to dwell with Wanda's origin like we did with uh, uh, Moon Knights. Plus, at the end of the day, at least Wanda got some actual superpowers out of it. Yes. You could interpret this as this is just the story of a guy with a horribly uh, profound delusional disorder. And he yep. has no superpowers. Very good points. Number 12. Mark is all white. Mark is dressed in all white, Stephen in all blue. Why? I think it's because the third personality is all going to be in red and they're going to Voltron style fuse together to make Super Patriot red, white, and blue. That would be hmm. funny. But uh, it, it's interesting because uh, so one is wearing blue, one is wearing uh, white. And when you see him as a child, as he's getting his first little kind of, you know, switch over to Steven and everything, he's wearing a gingham shirt, which has three shades in it. You have white blue and dark blue huh so he's it's like like that's even cooler that like you know there's a third one in there and we'll 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 god i hope we'll get to it the next episode because there's only one left but uh, it might be because mark is forced himself to be devoid of emotion and steven is mostly uh eaten up with depression which is represented by the color blue that's another interpretation yeah and it's a it's a obviously an easy uh visual differentiator between the two of them so your brain does uh a lot of work and then uh or uh, the light work and then Oscar Isaac comes in and does all the heavy lifting and really embodying two very different characters and doing a really good job of it so and that's even you know we're at a point now where technology is so good having two characters on the screen that are the same person is not difficult at all to do uh it's still difficult to make it look really good when and most of the time here it does look really good uh but it's i don't know i mean i'm just you remember that that movie when uh jean-claude van damme had to play twin brothers double impact yeah this is way better than that it's slightly slightly you 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 got a pretty good point there <laughs> 13 Adam 13 I don't generally mind when movies and shows stray away from the source material for the sake of a good story but it bothers me that Mark's origin story with Conchus wasn't more ambiguous in the comics there's generally been the possibility that Mark imagined the whole thing and only passed out from his wounds not that it, it was divine intervention what's the uh, what is a source to screen change that bothers you that's from Big Dave movies as well I've got a big one here, but it's the one that everybody has, because for me, Avatar The Last Airbender is an amazing show and an amazing story from start to finish. And the movie is just garbage yeah. and all the changes they make. There is no reason for those changes. It is it is it, it, it's not to like make the story tighter. It's just straight garbage. So for me, it's Avatar The Last Airbender. So much of the body of work by David Goyer for me falls into this. <laughs> oh, really yeah. Do it. But back to the root of his question when he says that uh, in, the, uh, in the comics, there's generally been the possibility that it's more ambiguous. I think that that is still very much a possibility here. I don't know that there's a single scene we've seen so far that we can take as truth yet. Yeah, I mean, certainly quite possible. Um for me, the it's the one that it's it's the thing that made me stop reading books. That's a hyperbolic statement, but it is kind of funny. Uh, in as much as I read The Lost World, and they took two kids and made them into one, and then made them related to Jeff Goldblum, and I was like, "Screw this movie! You don't even care about the easiest basic plot of the story." I'm like, "You just made two characters one, and made them related to another character that had no relation in the book at all. Screw this movie! I'm out." But to be fair, to be fair, to be fair. the uh. The book was also awful. I, I, I just, I, it was at the time I was a dumb kid who didn't read a lot of books and I read a big book. Shut up. 14. <laughs> Mark seems to be unaware of his third personality. Knowing now that he created Steven because of childhood trauma, do you think it's possible that Steven created a more violent third personality, AKA Jake, because of some trauma he experienced? And this question comes to us from Sir Slick Derek, the night bard. Uh, I, you know, not to cook your noodle here, but there is also the possibility that he is the dominant 
that this third personality is actually the original personality Mm -hmm. and that Mark is just the one that he can, you know, go from day to day life with Um, since Mark has experienced trauma, but not um, he's not a monster. And so due to all the killing that Mark has done, because we saw that cafeteria full of dead people, um, I'm going to guess that 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 third personality is just it's just a nightmare. Yeah. Mark, that, Mark kills, but Jake likes killing. Yes. That's, that's the, that's the difference. Yes. And I, I think in the comics, and I could be wrong about this because sometimes it's easy to, and different writers will take different approaches to the personalities. But I think in the comics, Jake is the one who bears the biggest brunt of the trauma. It's like uh, Mark is the man of action. Steven is the one who gets to have the quote, normal life. And Jake is the one who has to fill all the pain. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the inner child character, which I thought maybe they were going to introduce here at one point, but they didn't. So I don't know. Uh, also, it's always possible that some of those times that we thought Steven was blacking out and Mark was showing up to kill people in the Alps, that might have been Jake as violent as some of that stuff was. Because well, when we've seen Mark in action plenty now, he's a man of action, but he's still not quite as viciously deadly as it was suggested was happening in the Alps. The, uh, the one where he's standing and holding the scarab and then like six guys around him all of a sudden are just gone. It does mm-hmm. based upon what we've seen. It doesn't feel like Mark is able and care, capable of, of doing that. And that had to have been somebody else. And we've seen it also in as much as they just go like, that wasn't me. Well, that wasn't me either kind of thing. And you're like, well, the, all, the only it seems like the, the two of them only know about each other. And, and not the possible third one. And I'll go so far as to say we've probably seen, uh, we, we definitely almost see, I'm sure we see him in this episode. There is a, 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 a moment where he's talking to Harrow uh, and he's got, a, he's got a third accent that he hasn't used very much. It kind of goes to another, not, uh-huh. not very long. And then there's another, um, it's happened a couple other times throughout this, mm. throughout the series. And it's very, very close, but it's this neutral kind of, uh, you have to go back and listen again. But it, I think, huh. I think that's one where he doesn't, it's so hard to keep the continuity. Well, in your I head. just hope yeah. if they do introduce Jake, he is still a cabbie and he gives him like a New York cabbie accent. Cause I want to see Oscar Isaac have fun with that. <laughs> It, it seems hey. like it's kind of like more like, hey, what's what's this? But it's 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 not so crazy that you you would have saw it and been like, whoa, what's he doing now? I'm I'm sorry for derailing, but I I have a better answer for Big Dave movies question earlier about source to screen change that bothers me. You know what really did bother me a lot is is the Avengers actually, and it has to deal with the Hulk because my favorite Hulk storyline of all time is that Peter David. And uh, Dale Kewen run on the Hulk mm-hmm. where the personalities keep getting mixed up and like, you know, like there's the gray Hulk and the green Hulk and the monster and they're all fighting each other at the same time. And then there's also the Bruce Banner stuff. And finally, after like, like 70 issues, they figure it all out and he becomes smart Hulk. And I love that storyline so much. And to have all of that happen off screen that bothered kind me. of a shortcut. Yeah, it, it, it bothered me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I love I love all the Avengers movies, but that part did actually bug me. That you know, my favorite run of the Hulk, it, it all happened off screen between movies. Plus, plus, it would have been cool to see a Mister Fix It Hulk in a tuxedo. In the I don't think that those days are gone yet, though. I think that we no, still have true. an opportunity to see those. Number fifteen, Sean. Are we ever going to see a superhero whose parents aren't abusive or dead or a god? I don't know. Maybe Squirrel Girl. What do you guys know about Squirrel Girl's parents? I'm just taking a step. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was just because I'm running down. I'm running down the, the Marvel Avengers and every single one of them. That is the case for all with all three. Like there's not just oh, I just grew up in a good like in a good home. Like, not not a single one of them. Yeah, oh, man, I don't remember much about like. Did Captain America have good parents? No, his dad was dead, and his mom had to work all the time, so okay. he was basically a latchkey kid. First of all, how dare you die, Dad? You should have stopped it. You should have stopped at that one. That was a bad move. And mom, you putting food on the table? Ugh, but I mean, th- that's what that's what I'm saying here is that like everybody has. It's it's never like just like. Like, you know, like great parents, like it's ne- that's never the case. Yeah. 
Yeah, true enough, man. Sam Wilson, he has a nice sister. Oh, you know what? His 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 parents are are they, he does come from good parents. All right. There you go. He never wanted to be. He, he didn't choose the superhero life. The superhero life chose him. That's it's what I like. True. It's true. <laughs> That's available on the first Falcon album. Uh, Looks number, good in those wings. <laughs> 16. Uh, we finally heard Moon Knight out loud on this show. Will it ever be said again or will they X-Files it and never stop calling him Moon Knight? Because <laughs> <laughs> it really could go either way with this show, I feel. I think it kind of depends on whether or not there are there are going to be a lot of people around in this final episode. <laughs> like, you know, if, it, if it's all in his head still, good God, I hope it isn't. But if it is, we're not going to hear it. I think it'd be for- weird if suddenly in the next episode, he's like stopping somebody from robbing a diner and a kid goes, look, Ma, it's Moon Knight. You know, like that kind of, <laughs> suddenly a celebrity. I, I totally, I totally want it to be a, like a Scooby Doo thing where like Scooby Doo's constantly yelling out his own name, you know, like where Moon Knight <laughs> says Knight. his own name. Moon Knight in the battle. Yeah, <laughs> here I come to save the day. You didn't know when he yells at the by the power of Conchu. <laughs> oh man, seventeen. Which of the three of us do you think would have the most horrific experience trying to balance the scales? Man, I don't have any idea. I'll say I think that. each of us probably thinks that we ourselves would because we know our own dirty secrets more than anybody else does. Here's what so, I would here. Here's I'm gonna throw something out. Here's what I think. I think Bruce is has 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 done his best to actually balance the scales out of all of us. Because if we look at if it, if we look at where Bruce Leslie started his life to where he is right now. Talk about a balanced scale. You've gone from one extreme to the other, and you've kind of like, you've balanced it out quite nicely. So if anything, I'm going to put you up at the top of that list, my good friend. Well, thank you. Hmm. That's Here's what I think. I think, oh man, when it comes to Adam and Sean here, I think Adam would look, and instead of trying to balance the scales, they show him something bad he did, and he'd say, that sucker deserved it. <laughs> so Sean might feel some guilt about it. Adam's going to say, nope, they all deserved it, if, those losers. If they deserved it, yes. <laughs> if, but if they didn't, if they didn't, I will, I'll admit, I'll admit as much, but if they deserved it, yeah, yeah well, what are you going to do, right? <laughs> uh, 18. Antonia Salib. Salib? Salib is is the voice of the magical hippo and it's her first role. Is she going to get more acting work or more Andy circus style work? Man, she might end up like if she gets in the Disney stable, there's probably a lot of Andy circus style work to go around. (laughs) Sure. I'll say this though. uh, You don't want to be told that you're uh, suitable for Andy circus style work. Hi. uh, Thank you so much. Uh, We are so glad that you came in today and auditioned. We thought you were really, really good. Uh, um, Oh yeah. I got a great look. No. Well, uh, your acting is really good. What we're going to do is we're going to put you in a suit and attach all these ping pong balls to your limbs. What's that? Yeah. No, we're not going to actually have you on screen. Uh, You're a great actor, but we can't look at you too awful long. So uh, if you'll just get in this suit, we'll be fine. More Andy Circus work. I don't know what she looks like. She's probably she's probably gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, she's a lovely lady. It'd be strange if the magical hippo is like so popular. It shows up in everything the MCU does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sort of, like, sort of like the Night Nurse did for a couple of years on Netflix. Yes. The Netflix Marvel. Exactly. New to Mortal Kombat twelve. It's the magical hippo. I'm going to need the Egyptian hippo. Call in the Egyptian hippo. <laughs> like you know, you see. Uh, uh, whatever show they're going to have with uh, Florence Pugh as the new Black Widow, and she's got to meet a contact in a diner at the middle of the night, and she goes in, and you see the hippo with like the hooded sweatshirt pulled up over her head, <laughs> slider and envelope. She's borrowing the things hoodie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> look straight ahead. Don't look at me. You're <laughs> just look straight ahead. Straight ahead when you talk to me. <laughs> Don't want to. Uh... See, see her in the disco getting down with Baron Zemo. <laughs> <laughs> 19. So the zombies, if you will, of the people that you killed are now spirits coming to kill you, which is really cool, but it's not Return of the King cool. Is there a better version of this than Return of the King? I don't think so, man. That's pretty awesome. Pretty tough to beat that. Like that's as far as like a a watermark of, uh, you know, killing dead zombie things that are coming back to life. That's pretty up there. I don't know. Evil Dead 2. Uh Oh, that's pretty awesome. 
Also, like, uh, I mean, even though it's jokier, I do, I do like Army of Darkness. I was about as well. to say Army of Darkness probably at least fits the bill, maybe a little bit more as far as yeah. The, I, I would, I would take my hat more towards Medieval Dead than Evil Dead Two. Yeah. Number twenty. This episode gave us a multiple choice origin story, similar to what Alan Moore gave the Joker. So do you like those kind of origins? Uh, for those of you playing the home game, take a drink. As Bruce mentioned, he who should not be mentioned. Uh, yeah, I, I always I always like that kind of stuff. That was the, one of the, the great things in the Dark Knight. Or at first, it wasn't a great thing. I was like, oh, great. We're getting a jo- Joker origin story. I don't I hate this movie. It's terrible. And then like five minutes later, he goes and tells another story. And I'm like, all right, you're back on the good side. So man, they they subverted expectations. That's the best subversion of expectations I've ever seen I was, in a movie. I was so happy. It was just like a, a little release of joy right there going. Oh, thank God they didn't take the easy way out for this thing, and they decided to make it what it should be, which is just like you know, no nothing. Way better than when his name was Jack Napier, and he did the Joe Chill job killing the parents. Yes. Oh my lord, yes. I will say this though. Uh, Burton shot that amazingly. That like with that wide angle with he him did. and the gun and everything, so cool. He did. Not, but not come the story. On, though. Not the story. Come on, now. what do you? The doing? story. The story is not so great. What's super cool? Uh, 21, Sean. Seeing the sand boat, it reminded me of when I was a kid and we'd see hovercrafts all the time. What the hell happened to all the hovercrafts? <laughs> I think it has something to do with like the Cold War ending, right? Like they're just too powerful for a peaceful world. <laughs> There's too much going on. <laughs> too much peace in the world. Ergo, we cannot have hovercrafts. We're not ready for hovercrafts anymore. No. <laughs> hovercrafts were everywhere. Like they even had like, you know, you could make hovercraft kits and stuff that you'd see in the back of comics. They're like, oh, send us you know twenty dollars and we'll send you all the stuff to make a hovercraft or whatever. And you're like, the idea that like I great got deal. is that hovercrafts worked, but they took such a ridiculous amount of energy to work that you'd be better off with either a car or a helicopter than a hovercraft. Yeah, you ever see somebody yeah. get ran over by a hovercraft? Like a real big one? <laughs> I have. have I've seen. You? I've seen that video. Yeah, yeah I've well, seen that video. There's a couple. I'm like they even do it in like I think Police Story. I think it's the first Police Story movie. And a oh, couple you're other right. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh just, my goodness, what this is a thing? A recurring? Yeah, thing? super. It's, it's, in, by, it's in Super Cop. Yeah, yeah. It, it gets run over by a giant, giant, yeah. giant. Uh, what, what, what's the word I'm looking? For? Hovercraft. hovercraft. I don't say the word hovercraft enough in my life. So what does it do? Does it chop them up or something? I, they no. come out bottom. They come out the other side. I don't know how no, the heck it's it works. Jackie Chan who gets run over. Yeah. Oh boy. He's still there. It's still living that. Yeah. Jackie Chan. And since it was Jackie Chan, we know he really got ran over by a hovercraft. He certainly <laughs> like did. They didn't yeah. fake anything they got, there. No special effects involved. Uh, but twenty one. Twenty two. Twenty two for you. Me. Oh. Okay. Uh, who's seen Jake? Did you see him? I mentioned it a little earlier. I forgot I, I wrote this joke. I didn't see him either. Yeah, again. So if you go back and watch again, it'll be at that point when uh, he's talking with Harrow. He's sitting down in the seat, and he has that like very confused. I don't. I don't know if he says like "Who are you?" or whatever this, but like he's got all of a sudden he comes back and he's like, "Wait a second, what is this?" And he's clearly not Marker Steven at that point. Uh, Twenty three. Was he working for State Farm? He might have been. Okay, instead of teaming back up with Khonshu, couldn't Mark have just become the avatar for the hippo goddess? Because I, for one, would love a character called Hippo Knight. Or maybe the Night Hippo? <laughs> the Night Hippo is the one that goes around and uh, and does all the medical attention when uh, <laughs> Hippo Knight cracks a bunch of clavicles. It's like Darkwing Duck for a new generation, Night Hippo. Okay, all right, okay. Okay. All right. Listen, if you want me on board, I think you, 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 you clearly know how to do it. So I, I was, I was kind of like, this seems like a stupid idea. And, and now I, now I've turned around. Also, I've got to bring this up guys. If she stays with the Egyptian theme, there's a really good chance you're going to run into Su- Susanna Hoff. Ooh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Special episode where like she's playing in a bowling alley or something. And the hippos got to solve yeah. a, a, a case or something. Man, she ain't playing in no bowling alley. No, but that's the thing. They wouldn't be. That's how all these things were. It's like these giant groups. And they're just like, oh, they're playing in a bowling alley. Why would they be? You're right, why you're would right. ACDC be playing in a bowling alley? Shut your mouth. <laughs> you are right. You are right. Uh, they actually got the cops to uh, walk like an Egyptian for that video. Like they had regular people in the street walking it's like true. 
It's true. And I want you to do this a little bit, and like, like if it was a thing, that would be something. But it's like when it's not a thing, like, like this. You want like this a gyp? What is, what is this? Put my hand. That seems so dumb. Why would I do this? And then like six months later, it's like you're you know the biggest star in the world because you're on MTV looking like a jackass <laughs> doing the Egyptian. Oh Heck yeah. yeah, that's the kind of life I want to lead. Twenty four. 24. This is from Noah of the Darkwoods. Yes. The show started off with a bang and has slowly got less and less interesting with each episode. Do you think it would have been better to have us see some Moon Knight kicking ass and dealing with stuff to build up an interest in him before getting the backstory of Mark slash Steven? At this point, I'm really not interested in having more of this show. Uh, Noah, I will tell you this. Uh, I am... Um, I am not enjoying the show like I like I once did. Uh, it seems like you are having the same issue. Um, but the the good thing about that is that it's it's the fifth episode and, and the sixth episode is the last one. So basically, they're not going to pull like a, like a Game of Thrones where the last season is just the worst. And no one even talks about that show anymore because they they stuck the landing so poorly. The the good news is that with the fifth episode, like that's hopefully that's the bad one. You know, like that's the, the for me, that'll be the this'll be the worst episode. And I've been reading online that it's a lot of people's favorite episode of this show. They're they're just wrong. So like having having the sixth episode, having all of this out of the way, maybe makes the sixth better what i can tell you is that I, i'm not going to end this series on a small like on a small point where i'm going to be like ah oh, man what a bummer like i like i'm already bummed so by the time we get to episode six there's no expectation hopefully you know there's a little bit like all right good job marvel maybe a little bit of that well i always you know i made no secret of it. this is where i felt the show was going and i also felt like it would alienate a significant part of the audience at large so you did We'll just have to see how this comes out on the other end. I enjoy it. Uh, number 25, let's let's do the opposite side of that coin. Uh, in an excellent episode such as this, what was the most surprising thing to you? For me, it was seeing Stephen channeling Robin Williams a la Goodwill Hunting and allowing Mark to forgive himself before being thrown overboard to balance the scales. Love y'all. That's from Bo from Austin, Texas. I kind of like to see Oscar Isaacs do a Mrs. Doubtfire thing. <laughs> Aren't they rebooting that? Like, I think it'd be the perfect Mrs. Doubtfire. I think they talked about it at some point. Like, it's a, like, bro, it's such a tough thing to do. That's a, an a, iconic performance for him. Uh, I think they would just, like, you can make something like that, but don't make that. You know what I mean? Of course, then again, I say if you're going to go down that pathway, let's redo Big Mama's house first and see how people take that. That's oh, true. Man, that's a great idea. Test the waters with Big Mama's house. Like, you know, it's there's, mm -hmm. it's a saying for a reason, you know. <laughs> it is? Yeah. Uh, like 26. Like around the water cooler. Yeah. <laughs> Number 26. So getting rid of Steven was the answer to balancing the scales. Does that bum you out? It doesn't bum me out as much as it actually confuses me, uh, because the idea let's let's call it you have your feather on one, your heart's on the other side, and so you have these two hearts, and they're kind of like back and forth, back and forth, never quite even. You take the one heart off, and it's that way. But you know, groups like us, we know that there's you know a third character around the corner here. What's in that sarcophagus? Something's going down. Uh, so it, it confuses me more than bums me because I'm just like, okay, we take away the one. So does two hearts scale the, the thing? I don't know. doesn't make sense. I think I'm just biased. I would have rather gotten rid of Mark and kept Steven. Yeah, me too. I mean, Steven's the more interesting character. Well, and I also think that that's exactly why you've got to kill him. Yeah, because you're you, also because right. You, That's the Joss Whedon of, of it all. Because it? you can't. Because <laughs> That's you the care secret about to a successful it. season two is to kill off the best character in season one. <laughs> but but you care that he's dead and like yeah. his his death means something. And when he's reaching out, like it's 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 a character who dies upon his self actualization, which is yeah. which is huge. Yeah, that's a very good point. I feel like they killed the Bruce and not the Dick Gunfighter, so they did the opposite of what I did in my book. <laughs> Uh, 27, seven, no one wants to hear me complain about this show, but are you freaking kidding me? 
The only thing this episode was missing is Santa Claus <laughs> is coming to town by Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Are we going to have to sit through another hour-long dream sequence? Yeah, I'm like, what is it, beating a broken drum or something, yeah. playing a broken record? <laughs> I'm telling you that every single episode we've seen so far could possibly have been an hour-long dream sequence. Bah. It's going to just, like the last episode, is just going to zoom out from their position and keep going and going and going, and it was all just inside the coffee mug of David Lynch. I hope the last episode's just a big musical number that it makes absolutely no sense. They get that guy from Flight of the Concords to come in from Legion. You know, I just hope they do it all like that. It's that kid from St. Elsewhere, Snow Globe. Yeah, Tommy Westfall. And you got all kinds of, you know, I don't know. 28. Uh, this one comes to us from JoJo writes, I've really liked this story so far. I love that Steven has had to learn to become more assertive and confident. And I love that Mark has to learn to be more compassionate and open. Let's learn and grow and heal each other is a great message. How long does, uh, does the finale have to be to have a satisfactory ending? That comes from Joe S. Well, the finale, I've heard the rumor, is only 45 minutes, the shortest episode of the season. So... Hopefully that's all the time it takes to have a great ending. Yeah, they have yeah. been running about like uh, just shy of an hour each of these. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I have I, no I, idea what to expect out of this finale. General, genuinely, I do not. And I do have to say that is the part that I enjoy the most. Yeah. I, I I I can literally say I have no idea what this last episode is going to look like. And you know, I I, I suppose it's it's. Uh, certainly an outsized chance one would say, but given the time that it comes out and everything that next Friday is, you know, multiverse of madness, you know, could there be some sort of connection and who knows? I don't know. Mm -hmm. You never know. Never know. It's always possible. I mean, heck we we're, we're seeing in multiverse of madness, the conclusion of WandaVision in this. So, you know, who's to say that old, uh, any of the other Marvel shows for that matter, can't pop in and do a little, how do you do? Yeah. yeah, I think there's going to be what if references in it. So that's crazy. Yeah, that's uh, I, I God, well, boy, I am doing my best to try to stay away from everything. But they are trying to blast you in the face with every damn man. They, they sure are. They are. I literally have to stay off of social media now for the next week. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. Uh, Twenty nine. Is there a chance this podcast isn't real and I'm just hallucinating, like sitting in the laundry room of a mental health facility and talking into a bottle of fabric softener and thinking I'm making a podcast? Wasn't that, the, what, that. Wasn't that uh, laundry room news? <laughs> Seriously, how do I know if I'm really doing a podcast right now or if this is all just a dream sequence? Well, the podcast is real, but Adam and I have been replaced by robots. Yeah, this is predictive. <laughs> oh, man, if you guys were all aspects of my own personality, we would be a sorry, sorry guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you came up with is these jokers. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we should I should have developed a guy with uh, some discernible skills. Why neither one of you guys can do a backflip. No backflips amongst any of you. Who's <laughs> fighting? True. Are you fighting? I don't think you're fighting. Get out of here. No good. Uh, I don't know. I always like the kind of hallucinating and just uh, to me, none of this. I, I never have a problem with any of it. I, I enjoy going down those. Like I said, uh, I, I'm even a fan of the quadruple fake out wake up scenes where it's just like, no, it's a Ugh. dream on a dream on a dream. I don't give a crap. It's just uh, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm fine with it. But at the same time, too, I also like the idea. Bruce, are you somebody who, um, I, I wonder this, subscribes to any kind of like, oh, we're in a simulation possibly or any of that sort of stuff? You ever think about that? I don't really think about it, but I'm familiar with the concept. I know that uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson believes the chance is greater than zero that we're in a simulation. And I would kind of see that as good news. Like some people think that, that might be a horrific thing to realize, but then I'd be like, oh, I can quit sweating these debts now. <laughs> I I will I just I always like this as kind of a funny thing cuz the people that go like oh this may be a simulation we may be under you know the the guise of of one creator that did all of this I'm like you realize you've just you know science you know theology right <laughs> like I think there there might be one person that's looking over all of this and just doing these things and like okay all right get out of here you know the thing where you wake up from a bad dream and i don't mean a nightmare but like a dream that you your tire your car got a flat tire and you're like 30 miles from nowhere and you wake up and realize it was just a dream and you feel relieved oh yeah well if i found out this was just a simulation 
I'd probably feel a little relieved. I've got some stuff I sweat about from time to time. Man, that really, that you know, it's that kind of thing where like, have you guys ever seen that episode of King of the Hill where uh, the the one the one friend, the one, the one that's voiced by Stephen Root is like, yeah. he thinks he thinks that he there's something mentally wrong with him. So he gets himself checked out and he's like, so it, and, 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 and he is so relieved that there is something wrong with him mentally. Right. <laughs> he's like, Oh man, I don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about why I'm so weird anymore. Like oh, I know why it's such a relief to know that I'm just nuts. Yes. Bill Dotrieve, right? Yeah. Don't Yeah. Bill Dotrieve. And so he, and so, like, he's so relieved by all of this. And then at the end of the episode, it turns out that there's nothing wrong with him, but he's far more sad that the, that he's normal. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it has that feeling to me. We're like, like, ah, oh, man, it's so good. Like, ah, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, like I, I'm, this is just all a simulation. Oh man, that's great. Like what, a, what a relieving thing for me, but also it's not because it's, this it just isn't it's too bad i wish it was and now that it isn't. now that fox owns the simpsons they could throw in that little uh you know reference where disney? he's or, yeah that's what well yeah disney owns fox now that they can just uh have that <laughs> simpsons thing where he's just has the the uh insane stamp on his hand where he's trying to rub it out <laughs> get off damn you i'm sane <laughs> and when they found out bart was actually the evil twin and he says come on guys don't act so surprised <laughs> let's round it up with question number 30 are you guys gonna miss this show when it's over in all honesty probably not and it doesn't mean I don't like it. I just haven't really missed anything other than the Mandalorian on Disney plus. Like I'm glad when it's there so far, it has always had somewhat of a satisfying ending and that I'm good to go and move on to something else. I think to one degree or another, uh, Loki is going on to have a second season. Uh, yes. I believe, I, I think this show has uh, of the shows that we've had so far, in the Marvel uh, Disney stuff, I think has the most potential to have a, uh, a another season. And frankly, with where they are with this character, I feel like they have to. I don't know where, because this what we would drop in at the end of this sixth episode, I don't care what we do in this. We'll call it 45 minutes. Hell, we can call it two hours. I don't know that we're going to be able to place this character in in a substantial enough kind of like we know what this role is, so to speak, and put him in another property where any of it makes sense. And we don't have 58 you know minutes worth of what's going on here to deal with. Mm -hmm. I feel like we got to have at least one more season of this. And like, I don't know. It just, it feels like there's a lot of places for this to go. And especially with having the dream thing, uh, you, you don't want to stick on it too awful long. It's like season two should have like, Obviously, there's going to be some element, I guess, in the Moon Knight world. You tell me. I don't really. I don't know, man. I don't know where they're going to go with this. I don't know where the Moon Knight character stands in Marvel Comics right now. It's a difficult character. Moon Knight is a character that you either like him or you don't. Moon Knight is not somebody that really works well showing up in other comics. Like Moon Knight as an Avenger doesn't make sense. So I think that the TV show slash movie thing with Moon Knight could be kind of a tricky thing like you're making it for the people who like it but you're not going to win over the people that don't i think i think that if they're going to have another team i think that this is where they're going to have the team it's going to be midnight suns it's going to be ghost rider it's going to be probably punisher and blade daredevil blade and, coming. and blade and, and moon knight i would imagine that that's probably the new team yeah, if you took some, if you took this character and plopped him in like the Blade universe and stuff like that, that would work. I, I, I would be a little bit okay with that. But I feel like we gotta, we gotta get, we gotta make sure that Moon Knight feels like a, like a superhero that's got his ground and, and footing and is capable of doing that. And so all we've seen right now is, you know, is Moon is in the Moon Knight costume, kicking a couple of butts and stuff, and that's all well and good. Uh, but not much beyond that for the for the character. I feel like we've got to like cement down that Mark or whomever is this Moon Knight. Here's what Moon Knight does, and then go into something else. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I just don't think we're there yet. I, so I, I'm saying season two. That's my guess. 
Well, that is it, everybody. We got another 30 questions, and uh, we'd like to thank you guys for sending the your uh, questions in for consideration as well. You can always do that at marvel30q at gmail.com. Make them fantastic. Put your name and location by it. It really helps us out. And uh, we'll talk about, uh, let's see, what are we doing? Um, we're, we got one more episode of this, and then what's the next show that's out after that? Has it been announced? It's Obi-Wan, right? I think it's Obi-Wan, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we're going into Obi-Wan and not too awful long. But, uh, Bruce, where can we find more of your work on the Internet? I'd love people to check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Bruce Leslie. Just look for Bruce Leslie. Look for Anime Dad. Some of the best anime reactions and reviews you can find are right there on my YouTube channel. Sean's at what else? How's about you go to Hero Movie Podcast, where we do a podcast every week on some sort of nerdy property. This week, it was a silent voice, the manga. And uh, we had a very in-depth discussion, and it is not our typical episode. Yeah, it's it's, it's very, very different. So uh, go check that out at uh, Hero Movie Podcast, wherever finer podcasts are distributed. That is it, everybody. Join us next week for the last episode of the first season of Moon Knight. For Sweet Sean's and Kovacs from the Internet, Bruce Leslie, I'm Adam Portress. Go get yourself a flip phone. <laughs>